0: Hey, everybody. Tim McMaster
1: here along with our MLB.com
0: Padres reporter, A.J. Casavell. A.J., we're getting there. Opening day, not that far off, so we're going to get into a lot of stuff. Some of the younger players here for the Padres. We seem to always drift in that direction. But I want to start on the injury front. Alex Dickerson sprained UCL ligament. Surgery possible, I guess, but but hopefully not the case. He missed 2017 with the back surgery. It's just tough timing for a guy. Um, do they seem... Confident that he won't need the surgery at this point. I think the
2: fact that when you when you see UCL sprains or UCL injuries in general, they're they're typically attributed to pitchers, and pitchers typically head towards surgery. Yep. The fact that Alice Dickerson's an outfielder helps his case to to avoid surgery, and I think the Padres feel like uh, if it's going to go one way or another, it's, it's leaning uh, against surgery, but. At this point, it's just it's just an unfortunate break for a guy who, who worked really hard to get back. I know from his back trouble last year, he was uh, kind of a middle of the order threat in 2016. After after they made a couple trades and they were they the Padres envisioned bright things for his future, and it's just the injuries have set him back. And so I think the Padres are hopeful that this is a one month or two month thing, and maybe he can get back out there uh, rehab through rehab. Um, his arm strength has never been the key to his game. It's, it's always been the power and the patience kind of combination. And and now it, it's just it's just pushed back a little bit. And it's unfortunate for a guy who who could, who could help this team.
0: When healthy, where does he fit into this outfield and this team?
2: Well, the outfield kind of it, it was a wide open race coming into camp, and then they sign Eric Hosmer, and that pushes Will Myers to the outfield. So there's there's not as much playing time now. I think. Uh, the guys who want to earn those spots or earn that spot at the other corner outfield spot uh, need to stake their claim now. And the fact that he's hurt could, could put a dent in his chances to establish himself long-term in San Diego for the future. Um, that's not to say he won't come back and still be the type of hitter he was, which is something the Padres could use, a left-handed bat that, that puts together strong ABs while, while also working his fair share of walks and hitting for power. I don't know if the Padres really have that piece, uh, for in the outfield from among their contenders right now, and so uh, there could be there could be a spot for him. But guys like Jose Perella, Hunter Renfro, Francie Cordero, they're getting their first shot to impress the Padres, and they've done they've done that pretty well so far in camp.
0: You mentioned Will Myers, and I wanted to check in on that situation. Um, he is obviously happily, I guess it seems like from the. From even before Hosmer was signed, Will Myers seemed very happy to make the move to improve this team to the outfield. But he's been there before. But getting back into playing the outfield, how has that gone so far? In your viewpoint,
2: well, it's been up and down, and I think that's probably what you'd expect. He's made a—he uh, kicked the ball the other day on on a relatively routine single, but he made a nice uh, running catch in the gap. And so uh, he's athletic enough to play the position. I think it's, at this point, it's kind of a matter of uh, does he have. Uh, at, at what point will he be as comfortable as he was in, say, 2013 or 14 in Tampa Bay when he was playing right field there? And so uh, I think he's, he's probably as far along as you'd expect. Uh, there's, there's some some places where, where he might hit a snag. It, it just kind of plays a, around the wall, maybe uh, may, maybe taking the right steps when he's getting ready to throw. But I think the uh, just generally kind of fly ball speaking, he's he's on on par with where the Padres expect him to be
0: with uh, a lot of the focus, obviously on getting comfortable in the outfield and the defensive side of his game. Is that taking away from his prep on the offensive side at all?
2: I don't think so. I think they've, they've kind of, I guess there's, there's usually a stretch at the end of uh, workouts where he'll, he'll put some of his focus on the minutia of playing right field, maybe balls around the wall or, or coming up, throwing that kind of thing. I think, uh, the Padres are already confident in his, in his approach at the plate. And, and he's, he's spoken kind of repeatedly about his mental, the mental aspect of the game. Um, I think he's, he's trying to make strides. You saw a sports psychologist over the off season. He's trying to make strides there, but at the plate, there's not a whole lot not to like in terms of what, what he, what he brings both power wise, uh, line drive ability, speed wise. He kind of, could be the complete offensive package. I don't think I don't, I don't think he's really missing any, any time or any reps because he's in right field.
0: You have a story up on the website right now about second base and the battle there. And there's a lot of battles within this Padres team. But second base is interesting because you have Carlos Aswahe, you have Corey Spangenberg. The problem is a lot of times if you miss out winning the starting job, you end up with a backup job. But the way you lay it out in the story whoever loses this battle could likely end up in AAA. The stakes seem to be a little higher.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the way it is if you look across the Padres' Padres camp. For the most part, the battles are there's a room for a starter, there's room for maybe a backup, and then there's – there's then, and after that, there's uh, guys who might be sent to the minor leagues. But at second base, Corey Spangenberg and Carlos Swahe are, are, I don't want to say the same player because they're not. Uh Swahe is more of kind of an on-base uh, he's a little better defensively. Spangenberg has maybe a little more power and he's faster, but they're very similar players. They're they're left-handers who don't hit a lot of home runs, and the Padres feel they have the backup at second base And Jose Perella, who's a right-handed complement to that, who does hit who does hit for some power. Now he's going to play left field, but uh, he he is their backup at second base, and and that kind of leads you to wonder: is there a place on the roster for two guys who? do almost the same same thing in, in in the Padres lineup and it doesn't sound like there is. So, it's early in camp, Corey Smithberg missed some time with a uh, with a little bit of a, a, a jammed wrist, I guess. Um Carlos Suárez has looked good so far, but there's there's still a long way to go in this position battle and If I had to guess, whoever wins it's going to be the starting second baseman and and play pretty regularly in April, and whoever does not win it will start the season in AAA.
0: It didn't seem like there was going to be a possession battle at third base with Chase Headley on the roster. Uh, It seemed like you know he'd probably be the guy, but Villanueva really pushing. What a start he's off to as we enter play here on Thursday. 435 average. He's got three homers, 11 RBIs. Uh, what has stood out the most? I mean, obviously those numbers stand out. But uh, what has impressed you about the way he's gone about his business this spring?
2: It looks like he's a bit—he's a little bit bigger, and, and he, he takes a violent enough swing as it is. And the fact that he's added some muscle, I think, could really add some power to his game. Now you mentioned maybe a competition at third base. I don't know if I see that just quite yet. But if he keeps hitting the ball like he has, he might force his way into some playing time. And it's kind of questionable as to where he'll find that playing time. But he's hit he's hit left-handers pretty well throughout his career. And so um, I think the the biggest thing with him is and with him against Chase Headley is uh, Headley is is a much better on-base threat. And the Padres could really use a lot of that going forward. Um, and so I think if it comes down to those two, Headley's Headley's got the advantage. But was definitely forcing the Padres hand at this point just because of what he's done in spring training he really hasn't missed a step
0: you mentioned uh being good against lefties and that's got to be a focus for a team that plays out in the National League West so many good lefties out there and Andy Green talked about that recently and being able to put together a lineup that's effective against lefties and it seems like the Padres have that
2: I like the uh the kind of one two three punch they had on uh Thursday against Madison or on Wednesday was against Madison Bumgarner they had a one, two, three punch of Jose Perella, Hunter Renfro, and Christian Villanueva. And if you go through the history of all three of those guys at every level, they have completely demolished left-handed pitching. And you look at the left-handed pitching in the National League West, uh, I, I haven't compared it with the other divisions, but I would imagine there's more of it in the, in the NL West than there is anywhere else. you got three guys in the Dodgers rotation, Madison Bumgarner, a couple of guys in the Rockies rotation, Robbie Ray, Patrick Corbin in Arizona. Uh, the West is loaded with lefties, and if you have guys who can – Break against left-handed pitching. You want to get them in the lineup, and I would not be surprised if if the Padres mix and match this season to get their right-handed bats uh, into the lineup against some of those some of those aces.
0: One more thing I want to talk to you about, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr., who we like to talk about on the podcast. Obviously, a bright light of this uh, team's future, uh, and he is also having a tremendous spring three forty six. Uh, he's got a homer. He's hit for extra base hits with three doubles, three stolen bases as well. He's also looked great in the field. We know he's going to start the year in the minors, AJ, but when he's playing this well, um, does it change where in the minors he starts, or did the team enter the spring with a plan of where he would go, and they'll stick to that?
2: I imagine they're going to stick to whatever plan they had. Now, what that plan was, I'm I'm still not sure right. yet, uh, whether it's double A AA or triple A or whatever, but he's been uh... – He's been outstanding, and if, if anything, uh, he's just kind of proven that, that the major leagues aren't going to overwhelm him, or, or facing major league pitching isn't going to overwhelm him. Some of the pitchers, he's, he just got a hit off Madison Bumgarner, and some of the pitchers he's been able to kind of hold his own against for a guy who's 19 years old, it's, it's you kind of have to stop yourself and re- remember that he's only 19 uh, when he's doing some of this. And so um, the Padres are set shortstop this year, but more and more he's kind of proving that, that's spot if it becomes available next season it's, it might be his to lose
0: yeah certainly and i would assume right september we're going to see fernando tatis jr if if not before that because of something else
2: that seems like the if, if i had to guess that yeah. would be the most logical the most logical time but you never know if something happens maybe with an injury or or he gets red hot and something could change but uh right now september is probably the logical first step and then and then it might then he At that point, it might be already looking ahead to the 2019 roster as the Padres shortstop.
0: Yeah, teams talk about not wanting to uh, push prospects too far, but then other prospects sometimes force their hand, and it looks like Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of those guys after such a great 2017 to be doing it again this spring. All right, this has been MLB.com Extras, Padres Edition. For A.J. Casavell, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.